Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing specialist here at Childcare CRM. Today, we're going to discuss how to find your target audience, including the benefits of knowing your target audience, as well as the various types. So first of all, your target audience refers to the specific group of prospective families who are most likely to enroll with your center. So these are the people who you want to see your ad campaigns and who you want to know about your business and ideally begin that journey to enrollment with you. A target audience can be dictated by age, gender, income, location, interests, or you know how many parents are in the household, how many kids are in the home, um, and all of this impacts whether they may be ready to make that decision to enroll with you and go with your center or move forward with another center that offers other programs or services that might be more tailored to that type of individual. One statistic that I found, which I thought was really interesting, is that $37 billion is wasted in ad spend every year from advertisements that fail to engage the target audience of whoever is running that campaign. So if you're using Google ads, if you're spending money on your website, if you um, spend time and effort into your social media, all of these areas are places where you would want to engage your target audience and get them interested in enrolling with you. So any time that you're spending here, not engaging with your target market is possibly going to be wasted because the people you might be engaging with are less likely to enroll. There are several roles or personas within your target audience, no matter how you define those group of people. So there's the decision maker, and this is the person who ultimately makes the enrollment decision. In some cases, the decision maker is the same as the supporter, but in many cases, they're different. And when they're different people, you need to acknowledge this and gear ads towards the decision maker. So for example, a few months ago, I recorded a podcast episode with Andrea Dickerson, and I'll go ahead and link that in the description box below so you can give a listen but she is from the Instagram handle, I own a daycare. And she has a lot of experience in the childcare industry. She has 10 years of experience as a business coach, and she's phenomenal at marketing. So she mentioned that when she was rebranding her center, she noticed that a lot of the people in her community um, were raising their grandchildren. So instead of gear advertisements towards young parents, she geared her advertising and marketing campaigns toward towards the older generation, which as we know, these different generations respond very differently. A millennial versus a boomer or someone from the golden age is going to respond very differently to the verbiage, even the colors, the fonts that you use in digital print or print advertising. So in that instance, grandparents who were raising their grandchildren were the decision maker. And the supporter might have been the child in this instance. You know, for example, we see it at Christmas all the time. 
um, a child doesn't make the decision to buy the new Xbox or, um, you know, toy Barbie doll, whatever it might be. Um, the parent makes that decision, but the child's interest in that product is what drives the parent's decision. So for childcare, it's the exact same thing. If a family comes in for a tour and the child just absolutely loves the way the center looks, they love the toys, the playground, the the snacks you give them, the teachers. If they're really excited about all of those things, very few parents are going to want to take the child to somewhere they don't enjoy being, especially millennial parents. Millennial parents, which make up um, about 80% of today's parents to children under the age of 12 in the United States, they want to create an experience for their children. They want to cultivate you know, fun times and memories that the children will remember and help them to develop over time. So next, you want to create personas. Get really detailed. You can start by identifying where this person would shop, what their favorite food would be, what kind of music would this parent listen to, where do they work, where did they go to school, or did they go to school, Um, and what level of education did they receive, what are their interests, what are their hobbies. These are all really helpful things. They can seem a little bit maybe too detailed, but having a real understanding of the person you want to attract will help your marketing flourish and receive a higher return on investment. So I hope you found this helpful. Um, If you have any questions, of course, you can always reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook at ChildCareCRM or you can uh, find us on our website at childcarecrm.com. But don't go away just yet. In a moment, I'm going to be speaking with the co-founders of Clouda about defining your target audience and attracting your ideal persona, as well as what they do. So Clouda is a lead generation service that helps childcare centers and other businesses grow and increase profitability by generating active customers, meaning those who are ready to buy or make a decision to enroll through performance-based marketing. So they leverage multiple channels um, and they've seen great success with their clients who are in the childcare industry, but I'll let them discuss a little bit more about that. Well, can you each introduce yourselves for our listeners who may not be familiar with you and kind of share a bit about your roles at Clouda? Yeah, yeah. So I'm Andrew Kilday, uh, the founder of Clouta. Um, so based in Sydney, Australia. Um, yeah. So Clouta is a is a lead generation uh, business uh, that generates uh, generates customers at scale across a variety of verticals, obviously including childcare. Um, so Clouta, uh, Clouta, we invest in our own assets um, and buy media in house to drive high quality leads to clients on a pure performance model. Um, so that's a cost per lead model. Um, and currently we're in uh, Australia and New Zealand um, and expanding into the US and Canadian markets. I'm Rob Calberthways. I really look after client relationship uh, and uh, looking for new clients in terms of new business. Andy looks more after the technology and the targeting. Um, yeah, as Andy said, we, we, we've launched in Australia and we're really looking to expand across into other markets where we can take this model and try and reap as much success as we have 
uh, in the Australian market. Yeah. And so, Andy, you mentioned it's, it's a cost per lead model. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I guess where, where things evolve from, we both, Rob and I, ran um, previous lead generation businesses um, for the past sort of you know, eight to 10 years in the Australian New Zealand markets and, and Europe as well. So we previously focused on driving uh, high, high lead volumes to satisfy the appetite of, of client call centers. Um, and with that came sort of lower quality due to the, the need to drive high volume. We had to use competition, sweepstakes, incentives to drive that high volume. Um, and then with the, you know, adapting and moving with market demand over the past, you know, uh, few years, we had to move away from that and, and start investing in our own assets um, rather than rely on third-party publishers that we didn't have 100% quality control over. Um, so now, I guess what we do is we do everything in-house and we build our own um, dedicated website assets for clients and we drive leads that get qualified through um, you know, qualification funnel. Um, and that enables us to build, I guess, long-term partnerships with clients that are mutually profitable. Um, so as we're, we're spending our own money buying media to generate a lead for a client, so we're sort of essentially arbitraging traffic um, to get paid on a lead and we, we then charge a provider um, you know, on a lead model uh, based on whatever their requirements are, you know, obviously a family, you know, expressing interest in childcare um, or booking a tour, uh, we then set up um, a commercial model, which is purely performance based on a cost per lead uh, outcome. As Andy says, we, we want to share the risk with clients, so there's some skin in the game for us. We believe in what we're doing, and if the, we, we find the right clients, there's a, a good opportunity to have a win-win. You know, it works for the client, there's no upfront costs, and we then share some of that risk with them, and we all reap the rewards based on the results. We're very results-focused. Yeah. And so it sounds like your services are fairly industry agnostic. Um, but I know you've had great success with childcare providers. So what kind of inspired you to start working with owners and operators in the childcare space? It's sort of a funny story, really. Um, after I sold my previous business, I took a couple of years out uh, to look after the kids and sort of be around the kids. I've got young children. And uh, I ended up working in the industry. I went up to work in the after school, before school care and you know, with the local kids um, and really enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoyed what they were trying to do. And then funny enough, um, the customer engagement manager at uh, our big client in Australia, G8, he phoned me and I've been working with him in a previous life. And he asked me if I could help him out. And I thought it was a one-off, you know, promotion that they were doing. They were doing a huge promotion that time because of COVID really to get occupancy levels back up. Um, and he said, can you help us? And I sort of met Andy, we got talking about what he'd been doing, what we were looking to do going forward. And we said, yeah, let's let's give it a crack. And it sort of took off from there, really. So it was by chance. We weren't going looking for it per se. Um, I'd had a bit of experience on the floor uh, in the industry. And then, um, yeah, uh, we got the phone call. We put a promotion together. It went so well that we started expanding into other areas. And we've been working with them for the last 10 months. And... We're now a preferred supplier of theirs. So chance, right place, right time, bit of luck, yeah. And now we love it, we love the industry and we really want to support them. Oh, that's great. Well, given both of your expertise and your experience, 
Um, I was hoping we could talk about how owners and operators can define their target audience, understand how to reach more prospective families, and understand how Clouda and childcare CRM can actually work together. So, and this is for whoever wants to answer, um, but what is a target audience or an ideal client? Um, in, in terms of, I suppose, our sweet spot, well, again, we're working with the second largest um, childcare operator in the country here. They have 475 senders. Obviously, the US, in terms of scale, some of the larger operators, they're huge. Um, but I think, you know, how we are set up right now, we're pretty much set up to uh, help and support those organizations with probably 50 plus centers. That's our sort of grade A sweet spot. We can start looking at uh, under that with a different type of model, but our model as it stands today pretty much is set up to uh, help the sort of medium to large end of the market. Yeah. So when you're working with a client of that size, and of course, every, um, you know, every center is located in a different part of the country, they've got different target markets they're focusing on. Um, how do you kind of analyze that? And how do you suggest that owners and operators find their ideal client that they want to attract? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, for us, yeah, well, G8, without, G8 has been yeah, quite an interesting one, because, you know, they've got well over 20 brands, each individual uh, brands across the country, four, 470 plus centers. So I guess we started with a, the hardest one, uh, which is great. So uh, off the back of that, we've um, implemented a lot of different uh, processes to be able to, I guess, you know, target, engage and, and, and sort of drive the right customer in the right area. Uh, but essentially, to begin with, we, we worked off a postcode whitelist um, where we mapped um, a radius of five kilometers around each one of their centers as a starting point. Um, so we first started off with the um, yeah the, the large promotion that Rob mentioned, um, which is um, an incentive which was offering parents a gift card um, when they enrolled their child. Um, so that went absolutely gangbusters for us. So that was across pretty much across the country on a on a targeted postcode range. Um, then over time, once we sort of to see results, um, we we then tightened up our our targeting and removed areas that were um, you know at capacity. Um, and now we, over time, we've sort of excluded. Oh, it's 80 to 90 odd centers from the mix and we will then shift our focus in terms of areas and and certain offers that um that they're requiring at the time whether that'll be sort of preschool initiatives or um you know uh, new parents coming through so it'll depend on i guess the requirement of each client as well um but essentially it comes down to a to a postcode whitelist um and then um making sure those qualification steps are, are in place on our site to reject any that sort of don't fit the criteria for each provider. Yeah. And so when you, you mentioned that criteria, is that based off, um, you know, income level? Is it based off gender, single family, mul um, you know, multi-parent household? Yeah, look, it, it's, it's usually started just with targeting parents and young children, you know, with, with children aged not to five years. And again, the subcategories in there to use different creatives to different markets. But um, we haven't gone, you know, into that much depth yet here because this market is a bit different. Obviously, there's subsidies available and we've sort of played on the back of that in terms of educating new parents towards the subsidies uh, and future parents as well. Yeah. And so 
it's interesting you mentioned that obviously in the US we do not have subsidies for childcare, um, which is something definitely I think a lot of us are jealous of. But um, so have you, how have you structured campaigns around the recent announcements about childcare subsidies? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I guess it's just taking a step back. So for us, it's, you know, everything we do is we build a bespoke sort of lead generation asset, um, which, which targets and engage the prospects through sort of social media. Um, and also some native traffic sources. So um, we capture these leads that are looking for childcare. Um, so navigating around sort of at the bottom of the funnel, and then we qualify them through some qualification questions um, and then deliver them to the center via childcare CRM. Um, so it's important to understand that, you know, a lot of parents out there are time poor and they want a quick and easy solution to, to find childcare and sort of navigate the whole the whole process, um, understand the childcare subsidy. Um, so a lot of our assets are built with that in mind. Um, one in particular uh, campaign is structured around the childcare subsidy, um, sort of so driving value um, to, to parents who are trying to navigate that whole landscape and understand, okay, what am I entitled to? What do I need to do to get in the order before I sort of attend a tour? Um, so simple call to actions that resonate with parents um, and we'll get value out of the service we provide um, is sort of what we do there. So, yeah, we use a, a variety of different campaigns and, and offers um, to attract different different parents. I think, sorry, one, one thing we probably do want to say is that, our, as Zambi said, our solutions are customised or bespoke for each provider. They're also exclusive for each provider as well. We don't do a uh, sort of multiple step, you know, some of the listing sites which um, if someone's looking for a childcare in a particular sender, that data may go to two or three different childcare operators. We only work exclusively with GAs in Australia right now, where all leads generated under their asset go directly to them and no one else can, gets access to them. Yeah. So you mentioned, Andy, you mentioned social media, and then Rob, you just mentioned listing platforms. Um, so you generate assets for, I'm assuming, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What does the social yeah. side look like? Yeah, yeah. So primarily we use a combination of, of social and, and native traffic um, with Facebook by far being the number one platform uh, that drives the highest engagement and results for clients followed by Instagram. Um, so we, we don't do any search. So we try, you know, what we found with providers, you know, they usually would be doing a lot of stuff in-house, um, whether it's through an agency or their own social media manager or, you know, internal um, paid media manager um, that would be doing branded activity. Um, so this is drive pushing their brand out to markets, more brand awareness, obviously some, some call to actions that they would use through their own initiatives and offers to drive inquiries. Now we're a bit different. So we're not, we don't do anything that is brand driven. So we're sort of a, we act as like a feeder brand for, for clients. So we'd come up with a, with a, with a domain and a brand that is specific to childcare that sort of sits in the middle between listing sites and what they do. Um, so we're different to listing sites in the sense that we don't compare and sort of a, 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 a parent wouldn't come to our site and, and navigate down to find a specific centre and then and then um, inquire on that. They're looking for a solution because they're just looking for childcare and they want to be they want to be contacted and they'll put information around their child, how old they are, and when they want to start. Most importantly, so all of those required fields which which get fed into childcare CRM um, is sort of what we're what we put on our on our assets. So um, in terms of that, we'd then tailor different creatives specific for each platform. Um, so it's not a one size fits all model. Um, so you know with with sort of brand messaging, which could be used, say, across TV, social and search, we're a bit different. So we'll have different ads and different videos that are on Facebook compared to Instagram, 
um, and completely different ads which engage users through, say, native and, and content marketing channels. Um, yeah, so quite a wide variety, but we try to not conflict with anything that the brand's doing on an internal level. Um, so everything is, is kept independent and sort of complements um, any branded activity. Yeah, and the same with listing sites. We don't compete with them. We enhance and add incremental leads to them. So everything we do is incrementally new. It's stuff which we're probably a little bit more proactive. We get on the front foot for the brands. We go to people before they start looking for search, before they start going through the listing sites. We're probably hitting people a little bit earlier in the piece, um, which is really good because obviously they get access to them before everybody else, get them in for a tour, and the rest is, you know, as I say, history. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you've got a good handle on the, you know, beginning steps of a parent's journey to enrollment and kind of, you know, almost like dripping content and dripping um, that brand awareness at an early stage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one, one of the um, promotions that we did run for GA, we actually gathered a bit of market research. And the thing which was sort of coming through and smacking through, which was you know, what's the most important thing about what you're looking for in childcare? And a lot of people were telling us they wish they knew earlier in the piece that they needed to sign up and enroll uh, because, you know, vacancy is at a premium. Um, so that's one of the things we took out of the market research that we handed back to GA as part of our process. And we really got on the front foot in terms of catching people. In the, you know, one of the promotions we run is a future baby promotion, which is, you know, targeting ladies, uh, mothers, as uh, before the child's even born. And that's been working really, really well. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned Facebook um, is kind of where you see some of the most success. Are there any specific listing platforms that you suggest providers utilize? Um, yeah, well, look, we certainly don't um, say, you know, to, to move away from listing providers at all. Obviously, they're a key key component of, of, of their mix and, and acquisition acquisition channel. Um, I guess where, where we, um, I guess what we recommend is to sort of take, you know, we take a multi-pronged approach using different offers and campaign initiatives that sort of otherwise couldn't be used on listing sites. Um, so, you know, for example, like, as I said before, it's not a one-size-fits-all model. Um, so, you know, we'll run um, offers all the way from, you know, nursery to toddlers, preschool, kindy. Um, again, it depends on the requirements of each provider and what they're looking for to fill specific gaps um, or, you know, driving inquiries throughout sort of, you know, those periods of the year where they, they're a bit low on the inquiry volume due to listing sites, potentially not driving what they need. Um, and we can sort of pull the lever and, and drive a, an influx of inquiries um, to, to be on the front foot. Um, so, you know, I guess, in terms of that, listing sites, but for sure, need to be part of that mix. Um, just kind of opening up and seeing what, you know, we, we sort of encourage providers to look outside, um, you know, the, the typical um, channels that they would, you know, usually be on is there's there's a there's a whole world out there um which which we're sort of trying to you know to, to bring to the to the table and, and make providers aware that there is a there is a channel out there that can be captured um just done the right way so that's kind of what we're trying to bring to the table is to to engage these users to to basically stop them scrolling if they're scrolling past current ads because they're not attractive enough or the offer's not there or they're seen it's too repetitive they'll stop by on their feed they'll stop and, and click on one of our ads, go through and go, yep, this is this is for me. Um, I'll inquire uh, and we'll go straight through to the center. And it's fully 100% compliant. 
every lead that goes through knows they're going to be called from, you know, provider X. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we don't sort of on-sell leads where um, sort of other lead generation companies might be sort of, um, you know, on-selling leads through a sort of one-size-fits-all funnel. Um, so that's it's very important that, you know, each each asset we build is is exclusive uh, for each client. Um, but um, just, and just further to that, I guess, in terms of, we assist like, I guess, uh, providers get get some of their materials out in market as well that they couldn't otherwise do through some other channels so like um ebooks around educational um guides and checklists uh for for parents to get prepared for childcare. we can take those assets and put them on our sites um and and deliver these to to prospects after inquiring for childcare. Um, we also offer a, a sort of a concierge approach um which which we found providers do have internally but they're struggling to sort of get it out in market or it hasn't been potentially successful. So we take that model, say from an end-to-end -end sort of management from, you know, the initial search through to help arranging, um, you know, getting the applications through in the childcare subsidy or that sort of government paperwork um, through to tours um, and then obviously through to enrolment and then, you know, the whole way through to, through to uh, preschool and into school. And I know, at least here in the United States, childcare can be very seasonal in terms of um, what campaigns or what offers are going to appeal the most to parents at a given time of year. Um, so it might be a little bit different in Australia, but what have you all seen, you know, what works really well at this time of year versus maybe in December? Yeah, look, it is different. Um, typically, the sort of larger months, our school year begins in January, the end of January, so it's very different to you guys in the Northern Hemisphere. But, um, you know, obviously that's a very sort of peak period for childcare. That's when they're going to get most of the inquiries. But what we tend to do and what we can do, we can drive, um, you know, demand a little bit earlier than that and try and bring that seasonality and take that seasonality out of it for them. So, um, yeah, look, it, it is different. There's, there, there isn't anything in particular uh, apart from trying to bring that demand forward that we've done and we've seen. But, again, that's the collaboration. We work with the clients. We, we work in what, whatever else they are doing, uh, you know, from a brand perspective. And we can push and put our foot down and drive that much more demand uh, through some of the assets that Andy mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. What we found is sometimes throughout the year, through some sort of low periods, is costs can increase for for providers that are doing their own sort of activity, and that's how we sort of come on to to, to supplement that volume and and improve their ROI through you know a fixed cost per lead model where they know okay, well throughout this period, um, you know we can turn on a channel um, through cloud or and and only pay a fixed cost per lead and get a guaranteed influx of volume per month. So that's where we sort of sit down with a provider and go okay, well. Um, what what periods throughout the year do you sort of you know suffer from some you know your lead volumes um, lower um, and then what incent what incentives may be in market we might we usually have like an always on offer which is just providing say guides around sort of the CCS um, side of things but occasionally where we do need a spike we can we you know we come up with our own sort of um, promotions where certain providers here in Australia you know there's some regulations around incentivizing parents to to enroll into childcare. So we may run our own promotion to be completely independent and at arm's length. So this could be anywhere from um, inquiring and then uh, going in the draw to win a, 
a, a gift card at a baby store if they complete a tour. Um, so any initiatives where a client comes to us and go, hey, we're under target for, for tours or we need a, a bigger enrollment push, say, next month, what can we do? Um, and then we'll sit down and go, okay, well, let's let's add this on top of what we're doing and that'll that'll drive a, a spike of inquiries and, and, you know, and make sure we meet those targets. Yeah, and so earlier you mentioned that um, you saw pretty great success with a similar campaign you did with G8, where I think you mentioned everyone got $25 gift cards when they enrolled. Uh, $500, actually. Yeah, $500. Oh, $500. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I did 25 It was a wow. serious campaign. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would get me to sign up, but I don't even have a child. So. <laughs> So can you share a bit more about some of the results you've seen with clients in general, just in terms of lead generation? Yeah, look, this is a tricky one. We would love to, uh, but obviously what we do, the whole value of direct marketing is that results are confidential. Um, we've got to be careful and obviously take into account our clients' confidentiality agreements that we've signed with them. But, I mean, one of the things, all I can say is that um, – Everything we do has an outcome in mind. We are all about the sales, the results, the enrollments. That's what we focus on and we work back from that. So we know that G8 have got a, a cost for an allowable enrollment of X. We've shaved hundreds of dollars off that allowable cost. Um, and look, because it's all results driven, if we weren't doing something well, we wouldn't be working with them right now. We started off you know, in the first month with that promotion we spoke about it worked really really well we've deviated away from that and we're doing the different promotions and um what we're doing now as i say it's an ongoing we've become a preferred supplier uh to give you some sort of numbers around but obviously adhere to confidentiality basically uh for every uh, dollar that they've spent with us we've returned over 24 dollars in terms of roi their lifetime value so that sort of gives you an idea of the scope in terms of what they're spending to what they're making at the back end as well. But that's unfortunately as much as we can say about results and percentages. And we just can't, we would never talk about that. We'd always adhere to our clients' confidentiality regulations. Yeah. Yeah. With every client we sort of, um, you know, meet with, we just sort of just want to understand what they're allowable cost per acquisition is, you know, what's it costing them currently through their media efforts to, to get a tour, um, completed tour and ultimately enrollment and we want to beat it um, and that's kind of what we do here um, so it's a win-win and that's why we build long-term sort of mutually profitable relationships because obviously our clients are making money we've got to make a margin it's a win-win um, and that's you know that's that's the market we're in so when we're both making money it's good if one of us isn't making money obviously there's something wrong we need to fix it so we're continually optimizing and evolving to make sure uh, you know we're delivering a, a positive ROI I mean 24 for every $1 is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier, I know we talked about a little bit how Clauta and Childcare CRM work together. Um, I don't know who wants to take this, but can you share for our listeners a little bit about how that works? Yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah, look, that's the technical. Yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look, I think it's all been very seamless, which is great. So it's, um, yeah, we have, a, we have an API integration with Childcare CRM. 
So essentially that enables us to deliver reals, uh, leads in, in real time to clients uh, who then follow up um, in addition to generating self-scheduled tours through the platform where parents can book in their own tour on our site, not the, not the provider's site. Uh, so to be clear there, so uh, based on real-time availability following an inquiry. Um, so what we do and how we work together is we make sure the leads are highly qualified before they hit the CRM. Um, so we ensure the leads contain the right data, they're mapped correctly, they have all the relevant fields completed and ultimately have a better chance of converting, uh, right? So, you know, that's making sure the child information's in, in their parent information, of course, valid numbers, valid emails, um, expected start dates. Um, and so with that, the childcare CRM's uh, sort of custom responders and SMSs that go out following inquiries before a tour, after a tour, um, all that makes our life so much easier. Right. So in, in terms of making sure the leads are, are getting nurtured correctly, um, which enables us to focus on what we do best, which is, is driving leads um, into new centres. Um, and so I guess the key the key benefit we get um, from partnering with, with childcare CRM is, is the end to end visibility um, on the lead status in order to measure um, success and optimise our campaigns to drive performance. So across Every campaign we run, every channel, every site, every media source, we can view results um, right down from, you know, inquiry to to a scheduled, completed, to enrolled, who's on the wait list, who started, um, who's withdrawn, um, and ultimately sort of enables us to to optimise our media buying efforts and focus on on those channels that drive that drive more enrolment. So in essence, yeah, like we, we heavily rely on, on childcare CRM. You know, we, we have a... We ha we, uh, validate our leads through our system but um, all the added functionality you guys provide just makes our life so much more easier um, and it's sort of you know for us it's by far you know there's no other platform out there um, that can that can do uh, what you guys do to to enable childcare centers um, you know to achieve the success they're they're, they're generating and full visibility we we have weekly catch-ups with our clients uh, they pull reports out of uh, childcare CRM, and that allows us to see exactly what's going on within their business. Uh, to give you an example, we found something wasn't quite right in the data in one of the reports going back a couple of weeks, and we went back to the client and Chan said, something doesn't feel right, just because we have the ability every week to see how many tours have been scheduled, how many calls have been made, how many tours have been completed, how many have gone onto the wait list, how many have gone onto enrollment, how many have gone on the future start. We're able to see all of that on a week-on-week -week basis. And we just picked something up in the data and said, something doesn't feel right. And basically went back to the client and said, what happened around this time? And what we found, they went back, said, I don't really know, went back, talked to their call centre and some of the agents that had a changing team. And we could actually see that. We picked it up out of the data based on what childcare CRM was showing us. And what had happened was some of the team had moved on and resigned. And obviously, when that happens, we switch off. There was a lag in the leads. We, we picked it up in the data. We didn't. We honestly didn't know it had happened, and the client wasn't aware of it as well until we went back and challenged what happened this week. And that's what had happened. That the performance had gone down. But child, childcare CRM allowed us to see that in the week-on-week -week data, which was brilliant. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and I guess, yeah, just yeah, one extra point. I guess the other thing which we're working on at the moment with childcare CRM, in addition, obviously, to just driving leads is is driving um, user-initiated tours, um, which is key because any any lead that we drive requires someone to call back. Um, so we require providers who, you know, obviously have resources to to handle those leads and enrol them, whether it's internally or external. Um, but for us now, we're, we're launching um, self-scheduled tours. So utilising the childcare uh, CRM's API, we can basically... Um, you know, essentially generate user details and encourage them to book their own tour and bypass all of that extra um, uh, resource required from, you know, um, you know, sales agents, what have you. So they can, we rely on the childcare CRM sort of technology, which uh, assesses availability to book a tour at a time that suits them um, at, a, at a relevant center. So with, with GA, it's quite complex because there's, you know, well over, um, you know, 40, 400, 470 centers, over 20 brands. So, um, it, it's a complex task, but it's all it's all underway now, and that's that's the beauty about that now is we can host all that on our site um, without being restricted to driving traffic to a client site. So we can be creative and and adapt our sites based on the platforms. And I mean, just from a user standpoint, obviously the integration has so many benefits in terms of saving time, reducing you know manual tasks that staff needs to complete, um, such as phone calls or entering lead information into childcare CRM. Um, so if someone wanted to get started with Clouta, how can they go ahead and do that with you guys? Yeah, I, well, I think the easiest way is just to reach out to your childcare CRM uh, rep or account manager and just request a meeting with us today. You know, usually we sit down with a, just a simple introductory call, get to understand the business, see what they're doing, what the challenges are, and then how we can help. And then we come up with a, you know, a, an option from there. Usually everything is a, um, you know, risk-free sort of trial to over a certain amount of time uh, based on what they're looking to handle but yeah we just try to understand the business uh, first and and go from there but yeah just reach out and we'll be happy to have a call um, at any time thanks so much for joining us if you'd like to learn more about childcare crm or childcare forms visit us online at childcarecrm.com and make sure to follow rate and review so you never miss out on another episode